All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Honey Badger Radio. My name is Brian. I'm here with Allison, and this is, well, I guess this is a, um, it's actually a relationship advice thing, I believe. So I may have had that wrong. I apologize. Have you got marital hatred? Um, <laughs> so that's the that's the subject we're going to be looking at. And uh, apparent- I think we could answer. Maybe we yeah. can answer the question too. You know? Yeah, uh, perhaps. Have you got marital hatred? Um, to be honest, it it actually it honestly sort of skirts the line between a maintaining frame and a and oh, a, really? uh, the dating oh. show. I'll yeah, leave it. Uh, I'll leave it maintaining frame then. I don't know if it's like trying to give advice. So it, there's two angles to it. On the one hand, it has some stuff about marriage because it's um. It's supposed star of the interview is uh, Terrence Real, who is a marriage counselor to the stars. But on the other hand, as you read through it, I know that you're completely fresh to this, Brian, so I don't want to give too many spoilers. I think the real story about this interview is just how much of a gaslighting covert narcissist the journalist is. Oh, yeah. Like, Like he is just awful. To his subject, oh, and sure, sure. I, I just I, so so it's, it's sort of like you could go a little bit of column A, maintaining frame, looking at yet another way that the media are a bunch of psycho uh, sociopathic schmucks, uh, or column B, dating show, talk about issues in marriage and and relationships and how to resolve them. Yeah. So it's like a little column A, a little column B, eh, right in the middle, sort of. But we'll call it the but, dating frame. I'm not, gonna, I'm not actually going to rename it, but. And now you have people in the in the chat are like, yeah, no, that sounds good. The dating frame. No, I, maybe not. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So then uh, I guess we can just jump into the article. Is there anything you want sure. to feel out first? or should we just Yeah, jump? okay. So if you want to send us some messages, uh, uh, you can do so at feedthebadger.com slash just the tip. So. We get the full benefit of whatever amount you want to spend, send us, and you get the benefit of being able to send a message without any YouTube or PayPal censorship because it just goes directly to us and pops us pops up in our little super chat channel. There was something that was sent through that I wanted to address because maybe other people have been dealing with it. Um, let me roll up there. I'll roll up the channels to win. Um... Okay, this is from Nope, $5. And he gives us, uh, Nope, he or she, I don't want to misgender you, gives you gives us $5 and says, why are y'all p- charging people a serv- service assessment fee? That .51 caused my account to overdraft, costing $40.51 for donating to you. All right, we don't charge anyone a service assessment fee. I had to look that up. It is actually either PayPal that's charging you the service assessment fee or the or your credit card that's charging that to you. And apparently they do that because you are a foreigner to someone. Yeah. So I can we have absolutely nothing to do with that. The uh, we 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 don't we don't cause the banks to charge you fees. So the amount that you send us is all the amount that we receive. Minus whatever fees they charge us. So sorry, we I can't really do anything to help you with that. But if anybody else is having that problem, that's 
that is your bank um, or your credit card provider or PayPal doing that, not us. Um, and then Nope gives us another $5. You know, you're, <laughs> it's just so funny. Like, <laughs> I'm having trouble donating to you and my, my bank is going into overdraft. Here's more money. Thank you, Nope. Um, uh, another $5. Y'all don't have to answer that question out loud. Oh, as it was only meant to get y'all to understand the problem and not to embrace y'all. I think you mean embarrass. Eh. Well, it's not really anything we have anything to do with. So I figure it's okay to say it on air because then other people, if they're dealing with Nope's problem, they'll realize that, no, it's not us. It's your bank charging these extra fees. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of extra fees, again, if you want to join Nope and send us a message, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's got to be the worst segue yet uh that just feedthepatrick.com <laughs> slash just the tip okay I, I gotta move on i gotta stop talking about this because it's just making it worse all, all right. right all right so i just put done in there so you don't have to do it um thank you okay so i guess let's get into the article or don't the, forget yeah, the subtitle piece. yes so it goes this is from the times i think um the and UK it's times. The UK Times, okay. Have you got marital pro marital hatred? Probably. He's the couple's therapist to the A-list who says it's normal to have some very dark thoughts about your spouse. Terry Reel talks to Andrew Billen. Okay, so, so let me just ask you, because you're completely new to this. Although yeah. I did say the name of the guy. Who do you think is the interviewee? Like the person being interviewed well, in this? It, well, it, it is kind of vague because it, all it says is Terry Real talks to Andrew Billen and I'm like, uh, which one is the the A-list couples therapist? I don't really know. I mean, yeah, you mentioned Terry Real just now, but. Um, yeah. It, it, you know it, why? Because the why? way that this is framed makes it Andrew Billen the star attraction. It, it oh, makes it almost like Andrew yeah. Billen is the one being interviewed or the one who's it's important to. Uh, to hear from right. like he's as the opposed guest. to like he's the guest and yet he's the interviewer and I was I was reading this and I'm like really that is yeah. bizarre like I mean if you were to talk to someone Brian you would say something like uh, or I would write something because probably you wouldn't write it uh, Brian Martinez talks to you know interesting person XYZ yeah. right yeah not not interesting person xyz talks to brian martinez because you see that makes it more about what you're saying than what he's saying i know it's mm -hmm. subtle but it's really crazy and it and you know it's this is like the lip of a really bizarre rabbit hole when it comes to andrew billen or mm -hmm. whatever yeah. yeah anyway you'll see you'll see yeah Here's i that thought, I thought story. that was a, a weird um a weird way to phrase it because i wasn't sure okay so Terry Reel had wondered how long it would take me to make a crack about his surname. Possibly Sephardic Jewish slash Russian. Certainly not invented. Kudos to me then that I don't get round to it until we are almost at the end of our hour together. And only do so because Get Real would be a great name for a Terrence Reel book or podcast. Since it sums up the American Family Therapist's nothing if not direct methods. He, as he likes to say, his core advice to his clients is, quote, you don't really want to do that. You want to do this, end quote. So, yeah, this is, uh, it, 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 I mean, it's just standard. Actually, this 
doesn't really say much of anything. Like, why isn't he saying what Terrence Phillip has published? Uh, Terrence Phillips, uh, or sorry, Terrence Reels, what he's published. It's a really, had, yeah, it's a really strange way to ease into the subject. Yeah, and it also, if you notice, it also really sort of reemphasizes the interviewer rather than the interviewee, mm-hmm. in in a way that makes sense. Um, yeah, but in like I, I don't know, uh, it, it's it's something. It's like this this constant like quality of journalism now it just feels oh for sure where the journalists write about themselves and then they like yeah make make the the actual reason why people are reading the article like a, a like a side effect oh yeah you probably want to yeah. know about this topic you know but mm-hmm. i was talking about me and my experience so yeah i i, I get that the All level right. of narcissism is sort of like really getting off the charts yeah and also the level of failed novelist, you know, quality to oh, it yeah. as well is like, <laughs> I think we might get a little, little bit of that in there too. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right. The New York Times bestselling author has a zealous following. Thousands of therapists, he says, have been trained in his methods. My books change lives. Among scores of people he has personally healed are Bradley Cooper and Bruce Springsteen both of whom endorse his latest book entitled Us, Getting Past You and Me to Build a More Loving Relationship. The actor calls Reel's work miraculous. The singer thanks him for leading him and his wife through a, quote, dark forest to, quote, the river of life. Us is even co-published by Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop Press. Well, that's not really a ring, uh, you know, like a shining endorsement. Um, but okay, you know, when I just, when I hear like therapists of the stars and I haven't read this yet, so maybe I'm way off, but it does make me cringe a bit because if I had to work with celebrities and we know the frequency at which celebrity relationships don't work out, I don't know if I would brag about that (laughs) unless I'm like the only guy batting a thousand, you know? Um, Yeah. Well, we, we, we wouldn't be able to know what, what is batting average here. Um, the fact that he's managed to keep one together is probably pretty yeah, miraculous, amazing. as you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because um, celebrities definitely do not do not know how to have an intimate relationship with another human being generally. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, the other the other thing is, again, I want to sort of point out that. The way that this is framed, Billy. Uh, I keep uh, sorry. I keep messing up his name. Sorry, Billin has it's a little bit underhanded in some ways, like calling it a zealous following. Um, yeah. And instead of just letting uh, letting Bruce Springsteen just letting the cloak quote flow from Springsteen, he just sort of cuts it up, and mm. uh, it makes it sort of sound a little bit more yeah uh, contrived. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I get that. And I, I would, yeah, I, I don't want to give you too many spoilers, but I would say that Terrence Real is sort of a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe falling on more of the reasonable end of the spectrum, depending, but we could keep going. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, when a, like, a, a, a journalistic website, I guess, or whatever, when they talk about, like, 
these people that work with the ultra famous, you know, um, that I just have like a bit of a, like a, you know, like, uh, like reaction. Cause there, there is like a glamor that is associated with it. Even though we don't know what the quality of the actual services are. So they'll be like, here's the hairdresser to the stars. And it's like, but yeah, sure. Like, why does that matter? There's probably, you know, really great hairdressers that weren't, don't work with the super famous. So anyway, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you know, I know. It's, I, there's I'm, a cringe factor. Yeah, it, there's a cringe factor is what I'm saying. All right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, okay. you know, Real says over Zoom from outside Boston, if you treat a dentist and you do real well, you wind up getting a lot of dentists. I was lucky enough to treat a few Hollywood stars word got around and i think this is a picture of springsteen um yep, and, his yeah, wife. and his wife patty siafa all right scalfa i think scalfa yeah, yeah yeah i think it might be right scalfa there's an all l right. in there used to the healing power oh go ahead what were you gonna say do you want me to go back I was going to say that when he says my books change lives, yeah. that's sort of the bare minimum for a therapist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like sure. you're, you're there to improve people's lives. And when people's lives improves, generally that means a change. Uh, so, you know, the fact that he says that is, it, it might be, might be egotism. It might be just, yeah, I'm competent, the bare minimum of my profession. So <laughs> please listen yeah, to me. Yeah. Yeah, I figure he's just sort of selling himself. Begging himself. I, yeah, selling. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to judge so, him too much for that. No, no, I, I, I don't like it. Depends on, you know, whether I feel a manipulator or not. But if you're just making like a boast or even just like a claim that might be true, it probably is. I mean, if he's changed one person's relationship and he's changed somebody's life, technically. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. It's It's when I feel like people are trying to like manipulate me that I get very very uh suspicious all right anyway used to the healing powers of sarcophancy these celebrities cannot have known what had hit them so they're this is all like needlessly verbose okay. he's basically saying yeah that, no no oh, go that ahead word, i'm not even sure if that is a word uh yeah sarcophancy sarcophancy Sycophancy. Like, yeah, yeah. Sycophancy. Like, I know sycophant, but yeah. sycophancy? Well, well it yeah, probably, exactly. maybe it is a word. It, it might be a word, but it, it does sound like, you know, they're just trying to put a big word in there because um, what they're really just saying is that celebrities are accustomed to, to people, people kissing their ass. Kissing their ass. Yeah, that's, and, and I guess this guy, because he's so, you know, blunt and he doesn't care if you're, Bruce Springsteen, he's going to tell you what you need to hear. That's basically it. He cuts through the bullshit. That's 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 it. Yeah. That's that's the trick. Although I would honestly sort of question the framing that Billen is doing here. The healing powers of sycophancy. Yeah. Um that obviously they're not healing if you need some blunt talk in order to get over yourself, right? But yeah, also well why would he call it no. healing? Like just just love bombing people is actually not good for them. 
And a therapist would yeah. know that too. But I, I, you know, that's that's the problem we have with all of the narcissism that we see on social media. It's people looking for approval and love bombing, and they get that, and you know, they they think that it's like real love. And I, I think it yeah. makes people really crazy. I, I don't, I, I can't stand getting compliments. Um, yeah, it's hard to it's know from, how to take them. Yeah, it's unless I'm getting it from like my wife, you know, or or a friend that's saying something about I don't know, just that they like this thing that I do. But uh, when people maybe just, that's why uh, maybe yeah. that's why our audience is constantly critical. You know, they're like you. Yeah, we understand you. We're on the same wavelength. We're not going to compliment you ever. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joshing with you guys. You you guys are wonderful. Um, and our our uh, listeners are wonderful. Used to, but I also want to mention this sentence. Is uh, is so loaded with like Schadenfreude, not not Schadenfreude, uh, sour grapes, or like that feeling of um, like almost contempt for because mm-hmm. used to the healing powers of sycophancy, these celebrities cannot know have known what ha- what hit hit them. You know, yeah. like you're you're presuming, you're presuming how they feel and what they think. You know. You know, yeah. celebrities do seem to have issues with their, with their, with their relationships. They don't seem to be able to manage to create or maintain a healthy relationship in ma- many cases. But at the same time, you don't know how they feel about everybody sucking up to them. That might they, actually yeah. be a source of significant stress for a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Like, like you know, despite everything, celebrities are still people, and. They have histories and they have different ways of dealing with things. So yeah, it's a it's a little simplistic to simply just say, well, they probably weren't expecting this because they're always getting their butts kissed, you know. So yeah, this guy is really snarky. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. No, I. It's, oh it's, man. There, the smug is oozing, uh, yes. oozing from the paper already. And I, again, I think it's like this. Well, I don't know, man. There must be a problem. Maybe it's just journalists. Maybe they're the ones we should be generalizing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, anyway, so real is not one of those poor you have a tissue counselors. His language, both in us and during our chat, converge on the violent. Having coined the phrase normal marital hatred, he writes that no one after a lecture has ever approached uh, asking what he means by it. The intimacy he espouses is fierce intimacy. Children rip the guts out of a couple's relationship, he tells me at one point. And at another, real marriage comes the day you realize that this person, your spouse, is exquisitely designed to stick that burning spear right into your eyeball. So when this guy says violent, he's basically talking about the colorful language this guy uses to describe things. But it's not violent. Mm. Like, well, no, it's not. I think. No, we need we need to reclaim violence for actual violence. And if yeah, you want to for... use it in this, maybe use it in terms of verge on the violent on violent language or violent uh, phraseology. Um, and the other thing is that for a journalist, he's really not getting into the meat of the matter. Mm-hmm. Like, what does he mean by marital hatred? It, I never really. It's just like a well, series we... of sound bites. Do we? Yeah. Well, they that might that may be the case. Do we learn what it is? Because I have some, no I have spoilers. some, I have some inkling of what it might mean. But uh, okay, 
I start by saying that while I see the sense in almost everything in the book, I particularly enjoyed his firm take on the cult of the inner child. I believe, he says, in inner child work, but I remember years ago reading that Barbara Streisand threw a party for her inner child, and I thought, well, we're done, that's it. Uh, Real puts it beautifully. I say, comfort your inner child, but then take its sticky hands off the steering wheel. Yes, that's right, he agrees. By the way, what's your name? It's Andrew. Why do we care? Is this um, Terry Real? Okay. Yeah, he looks like is that like a Stallone impersonator? Um like a like a deep fake? I don't know. So All right. this this is where the this is where the this is where like this entire exchange, don't you find it bizarre? I noticed that you did you were like you were taken aback by it, right? By the fact that Terry Real wanted the guy's name and the guy like actually typed down the part where he gives him his name. Like that's an important <laughs> part of this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Like this is irrelevant, Andrew. Nobody yeah, cares like, about you or your name. Yeah, no one's and reading this you for you. You inserted yourself in and you inserted yourself in as a passive aggressive jab against this guy. Why should he know your name? And why should we know that he didn't know he told him to you him your name? <laughs> yeah oh man i mean it just gets it, it gets a little just, bit weirder i don't know if it's me and i'm just like overly attuned to this stuff from journalists but i'm like this guy is this andrew this this interviewer he's a real freaking jerk and a piece of work mm-hmm. and i feel like he's what's more important to him is to pursue this kind of almost like a covert narcissist agenda than actually dig into the meat of what this guy is saying. Um, Yeah. Or maybe he's like not interested in this guy and yet he has to meet some kind of minimum word count. So he just says, I wonder, I'm going to talk about what I feel about this, (laughs) but it's not even in a way that is like exploring the subject matter. It's just like, and he asked me for my name and then I gave it to him and it's like, so well, you'd assume that you would have done that at the beginning of the conversation. <laughs> um, anyway. But, but, but actually, if you think about it, that does give sort of an impression that, you know, he did do it in the beginning of the conversation and this yeah. guy didn't remember or didn't bother oh, to yeah, remember yeah. it. That's possible. As yeah, well. it's an underhanded dig. Mm-hmm. You know, and the funny thing is, if, if a guy is getting underhanded digs by journalists and like passive aggression and bad faith, that actually makes me sort of sympathize with him more. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah. yeah sure. I don't know what you're trying to do here, but I'm I'm actually feeling really bad that Terry has to sit down and talk to you. All mm. right. So Continue. he he responds. Terry responds uh, and says, "Hi, nice nice to meet you. I'm Terry. Andrew, look, I do believe in inner child work. As you know, I speak about the wounded child part of us and the adaptive child part of us." which I'm very concerned about. But these representations are personifications of trauma states. They're really states of arrested development. They're the age where, uh, when you, wait, they're the age you were when you stopped growing because you got flooded with trauma. All right. Okay, This this is like terrible journalism. Like none of this, why did we, why are we in this segue 
where Andrew is making himself out of to be a victim of the person he's interviewing because he didn't apparently know his name at this juncture. And the other thing is that maybe this is like a this is an this is like a therapist thing. So tell me your name, and I'm going to put your name in a in a scenario, and and he's already knows who, who Andrew is, and yet Andrew is making it a point to become like victimized by the fact that this guy didn't know his name. And he's presenting yeah. that to us and he's centering himself in all of this at the same time. <laughs> like I said, this is, I don't know where this, this lies. If this is a maintaining frame and looking through yeah. uh, the looking glass at media nonsense, or if it is actually more like dating content, it just sort of skirts the middle there mm -hmm. just because of, just because of Andrew's antics in this. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I I it's it's pretty bad. Although what this um, guy is saying, I think there's some there is the, yeah, there's like some stuff there that you could dig into a bit, but I don't know if Andrew's interested. He's <laughs> So Andrew's wound Andrew's inner child is wounded. Yeah. Uh okay. The adaptive child, he explains is the kid that adapted by developing a survival strategy to deal with abuse. The danger is it grows up into an adult who knows only that one way of relating. I teach my students to always be respectful of the exquisite intelligence of the adaptive child. You did exactly what you needed to do back then to preserve yourself. But I have a saying, adaptive then, maladaptive now. You're not that little girl, and you're not dealing with your histrionic mother. You're dealing with your husband. Things are different. Again, all of that Very makes good. sense. That yeah, all of that makes a lot of sense. And well, yeah, um, and whenever Andrew actually gives the mic to Terry Real, you know, interesting things come out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and and, uh, and when you're dealing with the ultra famous. Uh, they're probably, because again, they're accustomed to simply being showered with adoration. Uh, they're not getting what they need from people. They're, they're just like, so they, they maybe they're more lost on like what the appropriate way to behave is and how do I deal with my own history? And, and we all have, like, we all have to varying degrees, some kind of, you know, trauma from childhood that we're, you know, we may believe that we've completely overcome or we know that we haven't. It just sort of depends on the severity and like what you've, what the work is that you may have done. So we know this is a reality that everyone, and it's not just that, like one thing that makes it extra interesting is that this is a reality that everyone has. So therefore it makes celebs more relatable in that way. And so like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that you could really get into and make this not just like interesting for readers, you know, the normies that'll read this, but but even like they might find some benefit from it. They might say, oh, yes. I, this makes sense to me. Now I understand, you know, whatever. But I don't know if that's the way that this journalist is going to give it to us. He's like taking what is being said and sort of packing, packaging it. Um, okay. So... In a marital dispute, he argues, you must instead become a wise adult. Don't say that mean thing that you are about to say. Take a breath or 10. Take a break. I'm a big fan of a break. 
Take a walk around the block, splash some water on your face, do some meditating, do some breathing. Bring that triggered little boy or girl onto your lap and have a chat. Okay? So, again, mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense. Even yep. if you are in the right and your partner is in the wrong, I have a saying that you can be right or you can be married. What's more important? I mean, being mm. right. Being right. <laughs> <laughs> being right and married. <laughs> yeah. Making, no, them, I mean, making them submit to my obvious superior intellect is basically what's most <laughs> I don't see why is this a hard question? Obviously, yeah, I'm right because I said it. No, I'm kidding. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, well, I, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, I think it's yeah. a little bit more nuanced than what he's yeah. saying, but he's probably dealing with people who, who can't fathom the idea that they could possibly be wrong. Yeah. And I imagine that he has noticed that women are often in that camp quite a bit more i mean statistically they're more likely to be in that camp than men yeah, yeah. Uh, when when there is a, there is a conflict men tend to try to avoid the conflict or have a higher stress response to the conflict and there was a european study i think it was dutch that um or maybe german maybe swiss I don't mm -hmm. know it was it was a european study that looked into which which spouse actually did understand the other spouse better and they found it was men so you know there i would say shocking. that he as yeah shocking <laughs> i would say that well i mean like men are expected to you know initiate right. discover what makes her interested in a relationship what makes her interested in sex yeah try to accommodate her you know like there's all kinds yeah, of pressure on men if you're and if you're doing that you're going to learn more about her you're going to be more sympathetic mm -hmm. to her perspective so it's just a side effect of the duties that we put on men if we had put similar duties onto women they might also be better at you know managing that and understanding men's needs but like you know mm -hmm. we literally don't ask anything of women so they they literally go through life just thinking everything is about pleasing themselves um, yeah, uh, unless they're unless they're a person who's you know a woman who's damaged and ends up with like a, a yeah. very narcissistic man who will ride you know ride her to the ground. But yeah. in general, men are expected to step up more to the plate in terms of providing and protecting and understanding their partner yeah. and managing their own emotions in a relationship. You know, you cannot hit uh, your your woman in response to her violence. That's completely verboten. You know, mm -hmm. you, you have to be able to absorb her emotions and not mm -hmm. reflect negativity back towards her. You know, these, these are standards that men are held to. And we don't hold women to these standards as consistently. Um, so often women will get into this headspace where they are the ones who are right. Their feelings and their needs are the center of the relationship. A man should serve them. And, I mean, you there's a whole gigantic reddit like forum community devoted to how to push that dynamic of women trying to push that dynamic to possibly the most absurd extreme I, I, like cartoonish yeah. extreme like it just blows your mind and it's huge and there's lots of interest in trying to push that dynamic that a man is there to serve you and a man is is expected to um provide everything and this is way beyond like even red pill dudes because red pill guys are going to be like, yeah, you should provide for your wife. You should um, like the, you know, the red pill subreddit. 
they are yeah. about the traditionalism, which means protection and provision, leadership, which often they means just, taking on an emotional load. It's yeah. just sort of couched in, in very non-polite ways. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's still the expectation that a man brings something to the relationship. But female dating strategy is literally a woman should bring only negatives to a relationship and a man should be able to accommodate everything yeah. that she brings and have yeah. no complaint. And it's like yep. there is a gigantic community devoted to that attitude. Um, and it's uh, it, it is prevalent. And I, I've seen it all in a lot of women. There's like this this expectation that he exists in service to you. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 uh, it's not necessarily like extremely personality disordered women get into that mindset. It's a lot of women. And, yeah. and it's it's not something that I would say. You need to hold up and say, okay, um, this is a horrible thing about women because getting into a little bit of evolutionary psychology, we are pair bonders. One of the reasons why we have the society that we have is because men provisioned, like the male hominid way back when, provisioned the female hominid, which created this this feedback loop um, that eventually led to female human beings being incredibly reliant on male human beings and yeah. the rest of their communities to, to even be able to have children. So that when you have that instinctual reliance, you're going to sort of be compelled to seek someone who is going to, you can rely on, you can trust to be reliant. You can rely on them to provide and protect. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, it's hard not, it, it's hard to like really condemn women for that. But at the same time as, they like a lot of women take it so far and to a ridiculous extreme and they also don't give what was the original thing that that the female hominid gave back and that was Mm -hmm. she became attached to the male hominid that provided for that is called love Mm -hmm. that's what that's sickness and in health you know you stay with it with that man you stay attached to that man you yeah. know, and and the, and you look at the female dating strategy. They want all provision, and absolutely no emotional, even emotional, like uh, staying faithful, staying emotionally available and emotionally supportive. They don't want to do any of that. They want to offer none of that. You know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and that that's that's a uh, so anyway. That's my little evolutionary psychology spiel. Yeah, but let's we can continue. All right, all right we can continue um let me see yeah so even if you are in the right and your partner's wrong i think like you said it's not as because i think that for some they're gonna see that and they're gonna say oh is this like the happy wife happy life thing um i don't think it's that simple i think that it's something that he probably delves into more and he probably deals with that um probably more frequently with women anyway so the happy life happy wife thing doesn't doesn't quite add up all right real himself endured a fairly terrible upbringing in a failing new jersey town his mother worked as a nurse his father was a failed artist we were desperately poor my mom was pretty disassociative and checked out my dad was warm and loving and depressed and brutal and i was in the mix between the two of them with my brother it was very confusing and it was very frightening his father responded violently to any sign of his sign of his sensitivity but terry nevertheless became a therapist 
in order to learn how to have the conversation with him that he never had. When he did, he learned that his father's childhood was even worse than his. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Um, Alright, so his father responded violently to any sign of his sensitivity. So this is the it's like the, the therapist's sensitivity when he was a child that they're referring to. This stuff gets passed along. You know, they say it's the height of pretension to quote yourself, but I will. This is from my book, I Don't Want to Talk About It. Family pathology rolls from generation to generation like a fire in the woods, taking down everything in its path until one person in one generation has the courage to turn and face the flames. That person brings peace to his ancestors and spares the children that follow. Again, that's true. We've talked about the cycle of uh, violence on, on the show many times. Aaron Pitsy's talked about it. Um, it's one of the, it is a very important aspect so yeah so, just to go back to uh just, just go back to you can be right or you can be married yeah um like i said i think that's more getting people who insist on being right to start thinking more in terms of preserving a relationship yeah. than winning arguments yeah. and in my experience that it's often women who really ins insist on i'm always right or you know and we even have a we even have a feminist philosophical or do I even want to call it conjectural point on a, you know epistemological privilege that a woman is always right because uh, patriarchy male privilege uh, female disadvantage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like you got an entire movement devoted to being always right. I think that you might be the gender that wants to be always right more. Um, yeah. There you go. But like yeah. I said, I think this is more about getting those kinds of people to start thinking, getting away from the kind of zero sum thinking towards thinking more in terms of the relationship itself. Mm -hmm. So I, I'll give him that. And he's not saying specifically happy wife, happy life there. No, that's why I'm saying like it, it sounds that way to some, but I don't think that's what he's getting at because his example yeah. was Barbara Streisand. So it, he's clearly thinking about this either in a non-gendered way or he's being like maybe he's just pulling from his personal experience and saying well this is probably a bigger problem with women um but he's not he's not specifying like this is the duty that men have he's not doing that so i think in that because of that we should give him the benefit of the doubt on that so um okay so where was I? The stuff gets passed along. Yeah, I already read that part. Uh, so he is the boy who put his hand up and stopped the forest fire. This is yeah. The I think you've author. read that. Yeah. Yes, I am. He says, choking up a little. And I believe that's the most rewarding work a human being can do. Uh, hmm. He has been married for thirty-seven years to Belinda Barman Real, who is also a therapist with two sons now in their thirties. They have always rode. One Roud. twelve hour Roud, sorry. Hmm. One twelve hour flight was resolved by her saying forgivingly Fight. Oh a fight. I said I said fight. flight. Okay, one oh, yeah. twelve hour fight was resolved by her saying forgivingly, you really are an asshole. Uh, um Yeah, I think he's just being cute there. Yeah. I'll give I mean, him that. Well, the thing is, is that if you're married to someone or you've been in a long-term relationship with someone, um, the reason why I think that this guy was referring to 
You know, like that they have this spear and it's pointed at your eye or a poker or whatever it was he said. Um, I think it's because like the more the more close you come to someone, the more vulnerable you become to them. And so you're mm -hmm. always thinking about like how they could hurt you if they chose to. And but uh unless you're in a toxic relationship like so many that are out here maybe like you have to put yourself in harm's way emotionally um in order to know that you're actually not in harm's way if you're with a good partner so i'm not that that's that is what i think is ultimately what this is about so if you're close to someone you're also vulnerable to that person i don't think you could like really not do that so um, we got a super chat from Senior Sticks for five bucks, and he says, Men protected women for far too long. In it 2022, it time for women to embrace full equality, use it, enjoy, and if that means more cash than spouse, great. And I got a super chat from Amasang who gives us five dollars but doesn't say anything. So thank you, um, Amasang. Yeah. Okay. And again, if you want to send us a message, please do send us at feedthebadger.com slash just the tip. I know this is a really late show, so this is this is a late show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um I I I had a hard time. I'm having a hard time because a little because last so yesterday, uh just a really quick story. Lindsay was eating sardines and I think it was sardines. No, no, no. What's Lindsay, the, other, the other thing? Yeah, my wife. She was eating sardines. It wasn't sardines. I'm sorry. It's the other thing. Anchovies. So she was eating anchovies. And she loves anchovies. You know, bacon of the sea and all that. I don't like them. So I, I had some. But she, like, there was a bunch of left over. And she was going to work. And so she said, um, well, you know, I'm going to rinse these off because they have a little garlic on them. And, uh, you know, if I rinse them off, then uh, I can give the rest of these to Jojo, our dog. And, you know, he'll eat that for dinner. And I said, okay. And, you know, as far as I know, that all got done. And so I fed Jojo sardines for dinner. And, uh, it, it well, not sardines. I'm sorry. Uh, anchovies. Anchovies. And got, the bacon got of the sea. The which bacon I have of the never sea. heard before. Yeah, that's what they call it. Because it's like a deep, salty taste. I don't like, I don't like super fishy food. That's why I'm not really a big fan. But anyway, um... So Jojo ate them, ate the whole thing, and he seemed fine. And I, I didn't even think about it because I'm like, okay, Lindsay said that she's prepared the food and, and he shouldn't get sick. But he got really sick. And he was like spraying diarrhea out of his ass. He was throwing up. And, and he kept me awake all night because I had to take Lindsay to work today in the morning. And so I tried to wait for jojo to get all of his sickness out of his system but we ended up sleeping on the couch in the living room because jojo kept he got up so frequently because he needed mm. to throw up again or he needed to go poop and and when he would poop it was just like coffee coming out of his ass like it wasn't solid at all it was just Ooh. you know it was gross right so i basically had to do that and i got like no sleep <laughs> i got like no sleep and um, so yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a little loopy right now, but uh, I'm going to sleep like a baby after the show's over. So, but nonetheless, mm -hmm. it was just bad, you know, the, a bad combination of things coming together in just the right way. Uh, the perfect storm, the perfect shit storm, I guess you could say. And Jojo is fine now. I think it's all out of him. 
Uh, it so, might not have. You know, uh, it might not have been the garlic, to be honest. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the they have to eat quite a bit of garlic now. Garlic powder. I I, I looked at this because I mm-hmm. researched all of the various things that harm dogs, and apparently they have to eat a, quite a bit of garlic, like a clove for every five pounds, like one of those um. Not not a, like a clove, one of those little garlic, not a oh, clove, yeah, as versus a bulb. So a bulb is made of cloves, so that's one of the yeah. little sections. Yeah. Um, they'd have to eat like one clove, like for every five pounds. So yeah. if someone my, like my dog Scipio would probably have to eat an entire bulb to really yeah. get too bad. Sick. Now the garlic powder is really concentrated, so that uh, some of that might actually cause. It probably was the anchovies, to be honest. It could have been. I mean, we don't really know. Well, Lindsay doesn't use garlic powder. She uses real garlic. She cuts little thin mm. slices. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so, I mean, if yeah. he's if he's not eating too much of that, it, it might have just upset his stomach because it might have been like, does he usually eat anchovies? Uh, I think so. But they're usually like dry, you know, mm. like these were these were pretty oily. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he might have just got an upset stomach because of the fat or, or like yeah. it's a different food. But yeah. um, that's a bit of an aside. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I was just explaining, like, if I'm sounding weird, it's because I'm like, have you ever like stay, you stayed up 24 hours and you get you get that funny, like, like fuzzy feeling on your skin and. You know, everything seems to be either moving a little too fast or a little too slow. <laughs> so yeah, that's all yeah, it is. I know, that's I know all. What you mean. I, yeah. So anyway, I, I also get nauseous when I stay up that late. Yeah. For me, yeah. I'm also overtired because we got up early to go to the city to be back for this. In, in like a city, going to the city is a production for us because it's three hours one way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, we had to because Jonathan's. We we've been having tornadoes in our province which mm-hmm. is really unusual. We never have tornadoes. And there was a whole bunch of brownouts and blackouts and his power source went kaput. So we had to go to the nearest city to get a new one. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, after some chicanery with Amazon a couple of years ago in which we got the wrong video card. So they sold us a very high end video card and sent us a video card from 1998 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we just go to the store and get c- computer parts. But anyway, so we I had to get up really early. Um, I've been staying up late because the hours between like 10 to 2 in the morning are about the only time that I get completely interrupted, uninterrupted to write because yeah. those are the hours that the dog is asleep. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> and he's still a puppy. So he's constantly like, coming up to me and apparently i'm a soft touch so he'll come up to me and he will make sounds like he's dying and then look at his ball like we have a cabinet with his balls in it you go over the cabinet and look beseechingly up at his balls and i'm like okay i'll I'll play with you do you do you hang his balls up so that he's always reminded that he doesn't have them (laughs) no he has he's oh he still has his yeah it's not yeah he's it's too early it's not too to clip him is it um yeah, we're probably going to keep him intact because uh, mm. it does change their personality. Yeah. Um, and he's he's sort of like a, a, I guess you could say a alert dog or a guard dog. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to change his personality too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, he might not be as as fit for purpose if he is a eunuch. 
Um, yeah. Also, you know, like it, it's not. I I don't know. I mean, if it's not necessary, I, I don't see why I, I would. I wouldn't worry about it unless you're like constantly bringing him around other dogs to socialize, because some dogs with their that are intact, they can get picked on by other dogs that aren't. And of course, mm-hmm. there's like the females, and if they come around and they're in heat, you might have like, you know problems on your hands but mostly people are more likely to want to regulate the females uh just mm-hmm. like a real patriarch patriarchal society would where you know we get them what is it spayed um well it makes more of, sense because yeah, you just the, need one exactly and the and the thing is too is that females can be way more violent <laughs> than, than the males uh when they're on their on their rag or whatever so anyway, um, well, yeah, okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go let's back continue. to this. All right. So uh, yeah, so we're like learning about their wife, the wife, and and how they fight, and it's kind of cute. Belinda comes from a family even more violent than mine. We both contain adaptive children who are fighters. He explains one particular message in us convinces me that the longevity of their marriage is a finer testament to his theories than. Even than Springsteen's. Belinda's core negative image of me is that I am an undependable, self-centered, charming, narcissistic boy. My core negative image of her is that she is a controlling, insatiable, complaining witch. I just wonder how useful it is to have that witch out there. Okay, so they're they're being really honest about their dark feelings in regards to each other. And what Andrew chooses to focus on is his dark feelings in regards to his wife, you know, as opposed to, you know, like this is pretty much equal. They have, they have an equal sort of darkness, you know, dark appraisal of each other. And, and yet it, what's critical here is the man, the Terry reels dark appraisal of his wife, not his wife's dark appraisal of him. Mm hmm mm-hmm you know oh yeah like, what? sure sure why are you calling the, her a witch isn't that a step too far well i can think of a word that rhymes with it that might be better <laughs> mm-hmm. i think he was kind of holding back i mean yeah but keep going uh okay well that's taken out of context andrew that is very specific that's not about what i call unbridled self-expression That is a very specific tool that you have to set up very carefully and preferably do it in a therapist's office where you can share your most negative imagery of someone. But that's a very hot item. I'm not talking about doing that in the heat of the moment. Oh, oh no. Okay, first of all, I don't think that... And first of all, why do we need Andrew's name again? Um, I don't think that Terry Real is saying that his core negative image of his wife is um is something that he would throw in her face in order to win win an argument point it's something that he's contending with to remind himself okay when i start seeing her in this way it's a projection of some kind of you know negative thing in my past but my, my overall point is this is andrew's focusing on how this is viewed rather than what it is as a tool yeah um so she's like why are you putting witch out there you know don't you know the feminists are going to get on your case or you know this is this is a bad this is a bad look 
Yeah, and it's like he's an uh, he's worried about the optics. Um, yeah, the optics. Yeah, and he's and, not. Uh, and I don't even think that Terry Reels realizes what Andrew is really getting at. Um, he's thinking about this term or this this ne- negative image being used in the context of therapy and also self-control. So I recognize that when I'm angry or upset or sad, this is what I project onto my partner. So he's using Mm -hmm. it in the context of trying to create a healthy relationship. And Andrew is using it only in the context of, of optics. And, um, and that's, that's actually, I think is really telling towards Andrew, like what you were saying, it's, it's uh, optics. He's completely missing this as a tool and only seeing it in terms of how it reflects on people's perception of Terry. Um, I feel like I might be going into the weeds a little bit. I just want to check to make sure that I've conveyed something that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Like, and, and the thing is too, is the way that Terry is it? No, no Terry is the, the way that the yeah, journalist. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, just call the journalist. The, the, the way that Andrew is writing about it suggests that he's also maybe putting like a negative core image. Yes. Onto the psychologist, but yeah, Terry, based on his own experience and he's not getting, Mm -hmm. he's not getting that he is not immune to that because of the way Mm -hmm. that he's acting. Right. So, um, I, I don't know if like, you know, this guy turns it on him and says, you realize that you're doing the thing that I'm talking about. You're just doing it to me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the other interesting thing is the final, why I say, I don't think Terry real, understands where Andrew is coming from is that final sentence. I'm not talking about doing that in the heat of the moment. That's still talking about this in the context of a relationship rather than Mm -hmm. how other people are viewing him. So even when Andrew's like, Oh, well don't, do you really want to be viewed as a misogynist? Uh, Terry's like, well, what's important here is that, you know, my relationship is healthy. And Andrew's like, but, but what about being a misogynist? And and it's like, it's like Terry's looking at him and it's like, I don't, well, this is about my relationship. It's not about my personal ego. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I just find that funny. Yeah. And again, which, I think it says a lot about Andrew. Yeah. Which is by the way, why people would be concerned with the optics or how they look when they say something to people they don't know. That's an mm-hmm. ego. That's an ego problem. You know, mm-hmm. if you're confident yeah, that, in what you believe, then none of that should matter. So. And Andrew is taking a therapeutic tool and reducing it down to an implication about the ego and the public perception of someone. That's sort of what I wanted to get out. And Terry yeah. Real is not getting that Andrew is doing that and is simply saying, but, you know, I wouldn't use this therapeutic tool in the wrong situation. And Andrew's saying, no, the existence of this specific, you saying this is is the problem, not that you might use it to hurt your wife. It's that it might be used to hurt your image. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's really telling of Andrew. Yeah. All okay. right. Um, when he's not, let me see. It's a very hot. Yeah. When he is not blaming our adaptive inner children, that seems accusatory. He tends to blame broken marriages on the West's cult of individualism. Born somewhere back in the enlightenment. It has, he contends, 
produced since the 1950s a society of rugged individuals, largely domineering men, and romantic individuals, mainly women, who big up their feelings. Such grandiosity is as poisonous as low self-esteem. It leads to infidelity, something he is pretty scathing about, although a me mediated recovery from an infidelity can transform a marriage for the better. Okay, so, so go ahead. I'm, I'm a little skeptical about the rugged individuals, large domineering men, because once again, statistically, men are the ones who have the most stress response in mm -hmm. during marital conflict. So that doesn't tend to suggest that men are the ones dominating any kind of conflict. Women dominate it. They and they tend to be much calmer during conflict. Men are, are more nervous. They're more scared or concerned. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that this is always true, but statistically men are the ones who are more likely to want to avoid conflict and when they get into conflict to have more negative feelings about it. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm not exactly sure how much this largely domineering men. I mean, if you if, if somebody sensible actually had a sit-down conversation with Terry Real, he might talk about the reality of what he's dealing with. Um, yeah. and say that, uh, yeah, the domineering man thing, not, not as big a problem as the, uh, grandiose, grandiose women, which is another form of domineering. Like when you use your emotions to stuck the air out of the room, you are dominating the people in that room. Mm -hmm. like, you're demanding that they all bow to the, the idol that you have made of your I think so. that these these claims about like the West's cult of individualism and you know the, it's a little the, bit I, I, yeah I mean, this sounds like a boilerplate thing that people say because it's said so much that I think that people think yeah. well uh, they just take it as you know they just take it as true and it does and I'm not making a claim about the therapist but it does make people sound smart when they say it I'm reminded of when Amber Heard talked about where free you know that freedom of speech came from the Greeks because she got like cornered on something and she didn't want to sound stupid so she said it's from the Greeks you know but if you go to a crowded theater you know and whatever so I I, I think that sometimes people have like a tendency to fall back on you know commonly held beliefs Cliches, yeah. Yeah, they're like these cliches, right? So, exactly. All right. Um, it and it's probably being re, you know, used over and over because the 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 guy has never really challenged that. You know, he's never really said, "Well, I don't know, is that true?" Like, you know, but uh, a lot of people don't, and so they just they just make it the, the standard talking point. Um, okay. So, but what if you just no longer fancy your partner? I don't like people taking passive victim positions. This just happened to me. Nonsense. Nothing just happens to you. It's a process. So there's no such thing as we just don't fancy each other anymore. You did once. What the hell happened to you? Uh, I think that's right too. This is like a thing that you hear a lot when, like as an example, a woman says, um, you know, he's changed. And yeah. I, and that's just not the case. Like usually, um, it's because there's things that you weren't paying attention to if you misjudged mm -hmm. someone's character, uh, and it's because you had the horny at the time or something, but you weren't looking. So when you know you're not like uh, paying attention to the person's behavior and looking for patterns and things like that. 
So yeah, I agree with him on that. It's not these things don't come out of nowhere. Um, the uh, formatting the of this is just painful. Yeah, it is. Like, it's very I'm... amateurish. Yeah, like, UK Times, please do better. I know that's <laughs> hilarious coming from us, but we don't have editors. Thank you very much. Yeah, right. We don't have people that read through this and say, this is fine. Um, all uh, right. Or check check our nonsense like yeah. Andrew really needs. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we got fat. Oh, that's nonsense. There are reasons why you don't fancy each other anymore. Let's dig down and get to those reasons. But the people I know who have left their other halves talk of having simply fallen in love with someone else. I fell in love. Well, where was the hole you fell in exactly? Listen, how about taking some responsibility for your life? Yeah, I think that that makes sense. It's like people say, well, I couldn't help myself. I just fell in love with another man. And that's just mm. it, right? And of course, that doesn't usually last either. Um no, because what you fell in love with is just the rush of something new. Yeah, exactly. You're looking for some novel experience and then you just want to recapture that. And so you're just going to end up doing that. That's I think that's literally like why, you know, monkey branching is a thing with women. Mm -hmm. So Well, and also why more traditional societies probably practice arranged marriage and don't allow mm -hmm. divorce. You get one. You get one experience of falling in love and that's it. Yeah. In, in a lot of societies. And the reason why is because they can't afford all of this moving around. People have to, you know, start their life, get down to business. Yeah. Um, and we actually in the West really can't afford all of this shenanigans. That's why we're importing people from cultures that practice the, the you know, practice this kind of discipline when it comes to their love lives. Mm -hmm. they, they are they are bringing we, we're bringing in these people because. They have arranged their relationships in such a way that they create a functional society. We no longer do this in the West because we think that we are, I don't know, we're transcending into beings of pure light, genderless beings of pure light. Uh, I don't think we are, personally, but we have convinced ourselves that we are far superior to the rest of the world. And we don't need to do you know, these, these basic prosaic things like have working relationships. You know, yeah. that, that's for peasants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right um and the amish uh okay amish. so li <laughs> listen how about taking some responsibility it happened it just happened no it doesn't work like that when it comes to infidelity i think you don't ask somebody why they cheat it's obvious why you would cheat it's fun it's sexy it's gratifying you ask somebody why they don't cheat i'm a monogamist i don't cheat i say no because it's not worth it to me Oh, yeah. And, and then Andrew thinks he's got a gotcha. Oh, so he's actually going to fight him on that. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, it, yeah. It does sound a little too tratty. Yet, what mm. is this? Uh, yet, what is this? In us describing a counseling session with a serial cheater, Real seems to quote himself owning up to affairs. I'm saying no these days and I have for quite some time. Can I tell you why, Mike Nods? Because I don't want to hurt my partner. I don't want to look into my kid's eyes and explain why daddy screwed around on mom. I don't want my reputation ruined. And believe it or not, I'd rather live in a state of integrity. Okay, so essentially what what Andrew is doing here, and first of all, like this at this point, there's been underhanded jabs. There's been weird reframing of the interview back onto Andrew. 
making himself out to be a victim of the interviewer, presenting therapeutic tools as, outside of their context as being, it's more important about how it reflects, you know, you don't want to be seen as a misogynist, whereas Terry Real is saying, well, I would never use this to, you know, in the heat of the moment, cause any pain to my wife. It's a therapeutic tool. And all Andrew cares about is, well, what does it look like to other people? I don't care about hurting my wife. Who'd care yeah. about that? You know, like, <laughs> and it's just, and, 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 and then all of this, like Andrew thinks he's got a gotcha. And, um, and I don't think he does. And no. so let's get, let's continue. Yeah, I'll continue. So basically this guy, the interviewer, uh, tries to like bring up some anecdote or something that Re Mr. Real said to someone else from his book. And he's trying to get him like to say, Oh, but you have cheated. Right. Um, so real disputes that he wrote that. Okay, did you see that? Did you yeah. see that? Did you yeah. see what he just did? Yeah, yeah. Re okay. Real disputes. Real disputes that he wrote. He wrote that. No, no. What real disputes is Andrew's interpretation of what he wrote. That's yeah. freaking gaslighting right there. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, because okay, he continue. wants him to. He he. Well, he's basically trying to frame him as a cheater who lied about it in his book. When I email him the quote, so this guy's like, so he he basically said, well, what about this? Answer for this. He replies, <laughs> I wouldn't read too much into it. I was just trying to connect with this guy, Mike, and I was speaking colloquially. I didn't want to come off to him as black and white. Like, unlike you, I've always been and will always be monogamous. Did not want to place myself above him. So he's saying, look, I didn't want to say, well, you know, uh, I'm better unlike, than you. Yeah, I'm a better man than you are. Um, mm -hmm. And here are all the reasons. Instead, he basically was just trying to connect with this guy who mm -hmm. cheated and wants to make it right. So he's coming mm -hmm. this. The, the client is also like trying to like make things right with his wife because he doesn't want to lose his family or whatever it is that's at stake. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, making yourself up to be better than that guy isn't going to help that guy. So. Yeah, and the other thing is it's a little ambiguous. I'm saying no these days, and I have for quite some time. You know, he might mean that he's been saying no for 40 years. Yeah, before <laughs> he, he was married. Since he started dating his wife. Before he was married, yeah. before he started dating his wife, you know? Yeah. And I can see where he's coming from, but the real issue here, what I'm nailing Andrew for is that he's saying real disputes that he wrote that. Mm -hmm. He's not disputing that he wrote it. He's he's saying, yeah, I wrote it, but your interpretation is wrong, Andrew. Yeah. And for some reason, Andrew can't separate what this guy wrote from his own interpretation of what he wrote. It's yeah. Like, ego. Uh, you're, yeah, ego and gaslighting. Mm -hmm. Anyway. All right. Um. So where was I? Well, that's fine, but I do wonder how women will greet some other sentences in us. This right, say. I'm sorry. Okay, stop here. So Andrew is, and this is why I say, is this a maintaining frame or is this a dating show? Andrew uh -huh. really makes that line difficult, you know, a little vague. Look at this. Well, that's fine, but I do wonder how women will greet some other sentences in us. Essentially, Andrew is using women and women's benefit to big himself up over Terry Real. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, and maybe it's partly because Terry Real, according to what I've read so far, doesn't doesn't uh, sugarcoat things with couples, yeah. and that includes women. So is yeah, he being, is he being mean to women? Uh, I think it's also like I think this is also basically like uh, dick measuring with uh, with Andrew. Yeah, sure. Like sure. he's he's trying to he's trying to get another thing on Terry Real because for whatever reason. You would think that an, a a legitimate news outlet would use interviewers that can focus more on the issues and the content, mm-hmm. and what rather than this kind of childish, almost competition with their interview subject. If that makes sense. yeah, you know, and, and and again, like Andrew is using this idea of of his perception of course as we know andrew's interpretation of things and the things that he's interpreting are identical in his mind his his perception of what women need or want or benefit from in order to grant weight to what he's saying is that's an interesting sort of dynamic don't you think um he doesn't know what women in general need or want or benefit from but he's presuming for himself that he does know and he knows better than terry real who is a, uh, a a renowned psychologist? Presumably, that's why we're listening, mm-hmm. reading this interview. So everything in this interview sort of comes across. Well, I mean, there's a few things in the beginning where where Andrew seemed to grudgingly allow that Terry Real has some worth to what he says. But now we're mm-hmm. in the meat of the matter, which is yeah, let's tear this guy's down because I'm in some weird competition with him as his interviewer. Yeah, that's okay. weird. Uh, yeah. Okay, so um, I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine bringing someone on the fireside chat and then just engaging in this weird kind of one-upmanship and and just uh, yeah? I mean, <laughs> and they're uh, like, and they're like a professional, and I'm like just a guy. Um, yeah. yeah, that that's really strange. So, all right, so. This say so. Here are some things that he's pulling from misogyny. The book, yeah, generally speaking, this is a quote from the book Us. Generally speaking, grandiose women are even more difficult to treat than grandiose men. Not always, but quite often, grandiose women have advanced degrees in offending from the victim position. He writes, "Such women," he goes on, "can be quote righteously indignant, avenging angels." A hundred percent true. Truth, mm. like I mean, a, there's a, an entire damn movement devoted to this behavior. Yeah, in women. <laughs> I know it's like, I, like the, you couldn't question it. And this guy, the journalist, he's basically like writing it out as though he's basically pointing to it like it's Exhibit A of why the the the, the rhetoric this guy uses is a is a problem. It's concerning. It might make women upset. But that's literally the truth. Like that's a true statement he's making. All okay, right. let's look at a recent example. Like this is this is probably going to be the Ur example. The what? Amber Heard did this. The Ur yeah. example, like the the ultimate example, the example at the top of the. Amber Heard did this. She crusaded against Johnny Depp as a wife beater and was supported in it by how many NGOs, feminist NGOs, uh, the UK judge, like her friends, you know, a whole bunch of. Factors or institutions supported her and being the righteously indignant avenging angel against the man she was abusing. 
and there are mm. he, she is still supported in media even after everything came out in the trial and people watched it and the people who watched it know what actually happened he, she is still supported in media the very most they say they were mutually abusive this is a woman who severed her her husband's finger by throwing a vodka bottle at him which exploded who is admitted to hitting him multiple times uh punching him according to to him uh hitting her him according to her which i don't know why she makes the distinction but anyway and like all kinds of other things and horrible like psychological abuse and she's still presented as the righteously indignant avenging angel by the mainstream so Yeah. yeah Women have the ability to, to take their grandiosity and uh, and uh, offending from the from the victim position is exactly what Amber is doing. It's punching from the victim position. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are totally supported in doing this. That's why it is more difficult to get in there and get them to see what they're doing because they got they have so much social support in doing it. Like this is this is like undeniable. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Okay. So, uh, does he think he will get into trouble for that? I will get into trouble, he admits. Listen, I consider myself a feminist family therapist. I have for years. I've been writing against patriarchy and what patriarchy does to both sexes and to the relationship between them for 40 years. When women move out... Okay, all right. I know, I know, but consider that... This sometimes when people when when people in this this particular industry say things like that, I get the feeling like, okay, I need to put this up as self-defense, you know, Mm -hmm. in order to continue to be able to do the work that I'm doing. So I, 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 I take it. This is like, you know, wrong. This framework is wrong. It's ridiculous. I don't know how he hasn't started to question it from working with men and women and understanding that women can take their grandiosity much further than men because they're supported by the people around them and being the self-righteous victim. But this is like, you know, it's like, it's almost, it's almost like if you, if you want to get anything done, this is feminist sort of. Um, and, and I also support these general notions and again, like I would never personally support it, but on the other hand, how are they ever going to get out of that unless we succeed in changing the dialogue? Now, me and you, Brian, yeah, right, right. So that men like this can be, you know, you know what, I'm going to tell you ladies, I'm going to tell it to you straight. Patriarchy is just another symptom of your grandiosity. Uh, men have never had a system where they were benefiting expense unless it was there was a there was a purpose to it in you know like trying to keep society alive. Feminism didn't invent men caring about women in the 1970s. Men have always cared about women, always. Yeah. You know, the, the, like a couple examples I use. All right, even in Roman times, if you were a wealthy Roman patrician, you never had your your wife or your daughter or your female relatives walk anywhere you got them to be carried okay in what society in history were the slaves carried by their masters or arranged to be carried 
by their masters. I'll tell you, none. And then in the in the Middle Ages, which is supposedly a hotbed of a hotbed of misogyny, I remember reading this this one anecdote that really brings lie to it. Because when we look back in society, we only see the laws that were written down. We don't see the social customs of deference towards women in day to day life. Okay, we we don't see the uh, the you know the the lay chivalry that isn't involved in like the knightly chivalry. We don't see yeah. that. But here's an example of it. Christians started up this whole idea of touring around and looking at sacred relics. And in some places, the crowds to look at sacred relics would be, you know, wall to wall, like shoulder to shoulder. And mostly it would be men. Um, but what the men would do is they would lift any female pilgrims up onto their shoulders and allow them to walk on their heads and shoulders to see the rel- the uh, the sacred relics. Are you telling me that medieval men who would do that for women hated women? And like I said, all of these these social norms and expectations that weren't written down disappear in the mists of time, and we don't see them. What we see is the laws. And, uh, and, you know, that creates a very distorted picture of the actual social relationship between men and women. And yeah. I don't think that feminism invented men caring about the 70s. I think men always cared about women. They were given certain legal powers, where they were given legal powers, because they were expected to use them in order to benefit their wives and daughters and other female family members. And I could go at length just you know just breaking apart all of the feminist non-scholarship into historical situations and point out the situation for men and how there always was an expectation that if men succeed even though they were supposed to succeed in this particular race that was men only if they did succeed they were then expected to turn around and give their winnings and their glory and their achievement to their wife and female family members. Yeah. Like they were they were expected to that they would get at least a good portion of the benefit of that. Yeah. So, you know, anyway. Well, sorry, that's I, why I, I'm going into a fine. rant. Yeah, the, look, the the guy's trying to cover his ass. I think he probably mm-hmm. legitimately believes this, but um yeah, because he goes on to say I've been writing against patriarchy and what patriarchy does to both sexes and to the relationship between them for 40 years. When women move out of the traditional feminine role and move into a traditional masculine role, they don't do a better job with it than men have. One of the things I say is that after 50 years of feminism, women have finally earned the right to be as obnoxious as men men have always been. I want to move beyond. Mixed bag. Mixed yeah, ba- Terry, yeah. Terry Real is a mixed bag. Well, um, yeah, I mean, he, like, he if you want to work with men and, and you believe this, it's going to affect your work. Yeah, I know. But at, at the same time, if he applies a lot of these therapeutic tools neutrally to the relationships he sees, it's probably beneficial, more beneficial than a feminist who simply says, yeah, the man is wrong. Yeah, but but what I think is really happening here is that he's being pressured to make a statement about how he's a feminist because this is what uh what's the other guy's name? Um Andrew? Andrew. No. Is it yeah, Andrew? Andrew Billen. Yeah, it's Andrew. Yeah. 
So, so Andrew is basically like trying to essentially put him in a position uh, where he has to basically like make some kind of statement or short sermon on feminism before they continue. He's basically putting him in the spot and saying, don't you think this is bad for women? Are you like, do you care about women? Do you hate women? And so he's like, I'm gonna get ahead of this and say, I'm a feminist and I wrote about this, blah, blah. Please don't fire me. Please don't drag me through the mud. Oh, great and powerful journalist, you know? And I think that's basically yep. what's going on. It's basically like, just I, what do you want me I to totally, say to make you shut up? I totally you know? support. I totally support the Pope. Now, yeah. now let's talk about <laughs> exactly. I am not a heretic. I am aware of like all of the sins, and uh, you know I just don't want to get burned on the fucking stake. So, uh, yeah. All right. And 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 the reason why I point this out is because you know I took when I created this the Honey Badger Radio and, and my work into men's issues. You know, I took on the the task and I don't know if I can fulfill it. Like, I'm pretty sure I probably can't. But anyway, I took it on of trying to change the social narrative so that this kind of obsequious nonsense isn't necessary. And we can just be honest with each other and honest about how much men love women. Like, seriously. I know that this sounds really strange to a lot of women, but men really, really love women. They really love women and they really want women to live in comfort and prosperity and peace. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that those men who are like, yeah, I don't need a woman in my life have to be shamed into having a woman in her life. I'm saying that from what I've seen, men really love women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think feminism made that happen. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, so you break connection when you move into power. You see this with women these days. A lot of women, when they finally do find their voice to speak, do so in a manner that no one in their right mind could possibly listen to. I think Zing. the next. Yeah. <laughs> I think no, the next like, step. Oh, go ahead. This guy is such a mixed bag, you know? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a feminist, but also women being, can't, you know. He's being really careful, but he is throwing yeah. in some zingers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anyway. Uh, I think the next step for culture is moving into, and I teach this practically, how to stand up to your partner and cherish your partner and love them in the same breath. Now, that's brand new for the culture. I don't know about that. Uh, but... But yeah, I can I can respect it as a goal. Mm. It galls him to be accused of trying to feminize men. Oh, 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 this is another underhanded thing by Andrew. Yeah, yeah. He's so mad. Uh, listen, I'm not interested in feminizing men. I'm not interested in masculinizing women. I think that we should raise our sons and daughters to be whole human beings. I like to think about smart, sexy, beautiful daughters and big-hearted, sensitive strong sons so why did he i mean yeah this is like really underhanded because it seems to me that this journalist has a fixation on what uh men and women are supposed to be like and how they are supposed to treat each other and what masculinity should look like I mean, in particular, yeah. because that's the thing he's yeah. focused on. He's not worried about masculinizing women. He only brings up feminizing men. 
And we well, know he's that- also saying that's. I think this is another gotcha. Though. It's like, oh, you say you're a feminist, but you're so worried, like those alt writers about feminizing. Yeah, them. yeah, exactly. All- Although I will, I will point out that uh, he says, I'd like to think about smart, sexy, beautiful daughters and big-hearted, sensitive, strong sons. You're still sort of, well, I, I guess he's sort of mixing it up. He's basically you saying know? that we should just leave room for men to be what they are. And yeah, and, and I mean, like, that's an, to me, that's like an obvious no-brainer thing that most of us, like, on Earth agree with. Like, no one is mm. insisting that men have to be this way or that um, in general. And... It's only people like the journalist that's that's basically like he's trying to say I want more men to be feminine, but he doesn't want to out and out say it because it reveals what he really wants. So instead, he gets like weirdly passive aggressive with this guy for not addressing that, you know, yeah. as though that's the primary question, too, by the way, because, again, doesn't have a problem with masculine women. I wonder if that's like that's the tithe, like saying, oh, yeah, I'm a feminist patriarchy bad the, the pope uh yeah. is sort of the ties to actually get an even reasonable article yeah like, i wouldn't exactly. even call this reasonable but um, at least they are actually quoting instead of just putting words into terry reel's mouth you yeah, know uh exactly but again i i do think this is sort of an underhanded he's he doesn't want to feminize men he's all right he's yeah maybe Pepe. he could be he could be one of them I mean, he could be one of them, yeah. I could be. So, just occasionally, real sounds all his seventy-one. Wait, just occasionally, real sounds all his seventy-one years. Yeah, it's just badly phrased. That's yeah. I don't know. That said, he doesn't look them. What? Shoot me, but I think that I appear young and vital because of all the healing trauma work I've done over the years. Oh, so he's like seventy, and he doesn't look it. Despite his wince-making moments, <laughs> wow, so weird. Which are all related to, you know, just brushing up against the feminist hegemony. Yeah, basically. Like, whoa, this guy. Or he, actually. He was almost impure. Making, yeah, he's almost impure because he holds women res- accountable. And God forbid he actually identifies things that m- might be flaws of femininity only. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, being able to be a self-righteous victim, which, you know, not so much afforded to men. It's it's much harder for men to use their victimhood in order to inflict more pain on women. I mean, some men manage it, but it's a lot harder for them to do it because, yeah. once again, there's all those institutions that are supporting the notion of women as victims, including the very narrative that we have to, you know, tithe to. Well, not all of us because we don't, but... Mm-hmm. But All then, right. you know, we, we don't get quasi-reasonable article UK times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, despite its wince-making moments, Us probably deserves to be on every couple's reading list, if only to avoid the latter, the later agony of marital therapy. Having read it, even my children notice I am speaking unusually thoughtfully to mummy over dinner. There you go, he says triumphantly. Tell your readers, read my book, and install a sensitivity chip in your marriage. So, and that's the article. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it sort of ends on a a, a, a little of a wishy-washy note. And mm-hmm. Andrew has to insert himself back into it again. And also completely miss a lot of the uh, of the actual content. So he he puts it back on himself. Andrew puts it back on himself to be 
responsible, but not explore the idea that a woman also needs to be responsible. Yeah. And that, and that he deserves that. But again, you know? what's real, again, what's interesting. Well, I don't know if Andrew necessarily des- deserves that. Cause I no, wonder what, I mean what is, role. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're in a marriage and you're trying to be, uh, you're trying to make it work, then both you mm-hmm. and your spouse, you know, should be involved. They should be working. They should be taking responsibility. And that, uh, that, that, what I mean is, is that, um, I think that uh, maybe uh, this guy, Andrew, uh, maybe he doesn't think he is deserving of that. And I'm saying that like a woman who's good to you because you're good to her. I mean, that's, that is like, you know, a man should say he has expectations from his partner. Like, you yeah, know, responsibility. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, but the reason why I, I wonder about Andrew and what role he plays in his relationship is again that whole exchange in which he was more concerned about how the so-called misogyny reflects on Terry Reels, you know, public perception, whereas Terry Reels was more concerned about how how saying something insulting or negative might hurt his wife. You see the difference? Yeah. So Andrew reframes things in terms of his ego or ego period. And Terry's reframing things in terms of an intimate relationship and harm, his you know personal harm. And yet Terry is the one who is more holding women accountable, like setting aside the, oh, yes, the Pope is the Pope. And we all, you know, hail him. Um Setting that aside, Terry is the one who's actually saying, yeah, women need to take responsibility. Andrew is the one who's saying, no, everything is about the ego and the perception. You know, yeah, and so yeah. I wonder what what role Andrew is really playing in his relationship. Well, like, does he maybe genuinely that's another, love? Maybe he his conversation with this guy um, maybe it was even inspired by some problems he's having. If he has like mm-hmm. a marriage or this guy may have exposed some things that he didn't include in the final draft, uh, you know, where maybe they delved into that a little bit. And it made and it made um, it, it damaged Andrew's uh, ego. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can only mm-hmm. speculate. So, yeah, we can only speculate. Of course, Andrew is speculating pretty hard. Interview. But also this phrase i'm having read it even my children notice i'm speaking unusually thoughtfully to mummy over dinner this must be is this a uk thing because this yeah it is this this is gross like like mummy yeah that's maybe if you're just that's just a uk thing it means mom no their mother i know but yeah but if even if you were like doing the whole yeah mother referring to your wife as as mother wouldn't it be more formal I, I don't know. It just it just uh, feels like he's infantilizing himself. Yeah, almost. I don't. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, I I don't. I don't know. So mm. I don't know all the ins. Couldn't and outs. say the name of your wife, Andrew. Like my wife. Uh, having yeah, read it, just... even my children notice I'm speaking unusually thoughtful to my wife. Insert name <laughs> over dinner. I just you think that would Ar- be Arnold Vosloo from the movie The Mummy sitting on the other end of the table. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not saying you're old but you know 
Yeah. Every time you open your mouth, a dust cloud comes out. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Anyway, what, what I have a super chat. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, again, I'll just I'll just okay. remind everybody if you want to send those super chows, it's uh, feedthebadger.com slash just the tip. And go ahead, Brian. All right. I got a super chat from Senior Six for five dollars, and he says, uh, "You often speak of pair bonding for protection and provision." The West is safe and peaceful, utterly boring. So what do ladies need protection from? Uh, their uh, own themselves? Yeah, uh, their own like <laughs> negative thought spiral. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I mean honestly honestly we could could do with uh well first of all oh. it, that, that that that's that's a bit optimistic that it's gonna remain so. Uh but also like um I think that we've created this impression that our society doesn't need risk taking for it to continue to operate and mm. that we can only have that impression because we're really offloading it onto some other cultures or other uh, e economies on the planet. That's a good question though. I shall ponder it. Well, thank you. I'll just say that evil and entropy are always encroaching, always constantly encroaching on wherever you are. So you have to remain steadfast against it. So um, that is what women, because women wouldn't be looking for men if they also didn't have like at least an instinct about that. And we don't, we live here on earth. It's not a pleasant place. It's hostile. And so we have to like constantly be on guard. It's, it, it never goes away. So, um, yeah. Um, I, and also would, that it, it just is an instinct, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it it's is. like saying, what, well, what, what, what do women, what do men, uh, you know, want from women when they can get pornography? I don't know if that's a really good, uh, metaphor, but it's like, this is an instinct. Yeah. So women are just going to want it from men. Well, porn doesn't and, really give you what, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's like a simulacrum. Uh, it's not really the same. So, well, and, and if, for, if you for, think about it, go ahead. If you think about it, if women have this instinct and we do live in a society where men can't provide it for them, it must be really freaking frustrated because hmm. it doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, maybe some women project it on the government. Uh, ultimately, that seems like it's really unsatisfying to them. But I don't yeah. know. I, it's something I'd have to think about. Yeah. To give a really good answer to. Well, thank you, Senior Sticks. And there's nothing else on my end. Oof. So good, because it's it'd be nice to have like a, a bit of a short show because I'm both I think we're both like, oh God, we want to sleep. All right. So thank you for everybody for sending in those super chows and super chats. And I guess you guys didn't send in any rumble rants, but that's okay. So if I you couldn't want to I couldn't connect to Rumble, that's why. Because I, I had oh, okay. set this show up yesterday, and Rumble doesn't let you move the time around with as much flexibility. So uh, oh. you know, I did what I could, but it, it just didn't. It just didn't work. So mm. okay. Uh, well, all right. Um, so thank you for all of your support. If you want to support us after the show is over, you can badger tip and give us a tip. And if you send us a message, we will endeavor to read that message on the next show. So feel free to do that. And uh, back to you, Brian. All oh, right. oh, wait, 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 oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. have a mailing list. I have a mailing list now. I don't mm -hmm. know if you put the link in. 
I'll give you the link because okay. uh, that that's the mailing list is really helpful. So if you can't do anything, uh, consider joining the mailing list so that we can keep in contact with you. Should we ever be completely nuked from orbit by all the various people or uh, platforms that we are on. Okay. I just sent you the, uh, the link. If you could put that in the low bar um, of something, uh, that would be great. And uh, yeah, back to you, Brian. All right. Let me just copy. Oh, this. oh wait, 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 wait. Okay. While you're copying this, you can go to feedthebadger.com slash keep in touch. Keep dash in. Actually, let me just double check that. Sorry, guys. I'm... I put the link through. It's in the description. Try refreshing so you can see it. Yeah. And it um, also, you can access it by uh, keep slash in slash touch. Okay. I probably should get rid of those dashes or just add another one without dashes. But anyway, for now, it's just the dashed one. So keep dash in dash touch. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah. So if you guys like this video, please hit like. Uh, really helps us out. It helps us reach more people. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Hit the bell for notifications so you know when our shows go live. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you guys think about what we discussed. Uh, if you want to read the article yourself, there should be a link in the description. And most importantly, please share this video because sharing is caring. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on today's episode of Maintaining Dating Frames. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys in the next video. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.